Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Today, and if you missed out, we are in a series called Advent. The light has come. And Advent is a season, as I spoke on last week, about preparing our hearts for Jesus. Preparing our hearts for Jesus in the Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But also preparing our hearts for the second coming of Jesus. One day Jesus will return. It's been 2,000 years. It's been a while. Uh, uh, But he's still coming back. He's still coming back. And so we have to be ready. And the message, my, my, the title of my message last week was Prep Work. What do we need to do to prepare our hearts and prepare others to meet Jesus? But I want to go a little bit deeper into that today. And I want to talk about how we, what it looks like to live prepared. Live ready for Jesus. Live ready for Jesus. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 to 13 and that's our scripture for today. And Matthew 25 is a series of three different stories that Jesus tells, three different parables that Jesus tells. And these stories that he shares with us all have a common theme and the theme is Are you going to be ready when he returns? The first story he tells is the one we're going to be reading. And the second one he tells is of a a man who gave his servants some money. You probably heard that story before. He says, gives them the talents and they were supposed to do something with it. And the last story he tells is about God returning and separating those who were faithful during this time. So Jesus had a theme during this, cha- during this chapter. He was teaching, this teaching thing was be ready. Live ready. And that's the title of my message today. And as we get into the word, let's just say a quick prayer. Father, I ask that you, your word guide our hearts today. That your word uh, illuminate the places in our lives that we need to change, that we need to put in alignment today. Let us be able to receive Holy Spirit, change us today, and let us not walk out of this place the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, it says this, And at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them are foolish, and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. 
Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But why were they? But while were they? They were on their way to buy oil. The bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him at the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, "Open the door for us." But he replied, "Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day." Or the hour, you do not know the day or the hour, and so what we're talking about today was what it means to live ready in our faith. What does it mean to do that? And I I know that maybe some of you like me, maybe you're like me, and you have a problem with procrastination. I don't know about you. I I am I am not officially diagnosed, but I am self-diagnosed with ADHD because I like to procrastinate and things draw my attention away from one thing or the other. And procrastination is a big one of them. I I tend to wait and put off things, sometimes that are simple tasks. You know, I need to load the dishwasher, or I need to put away uh, the laundry, or I, I need to do something. And it's so simple, so easy, it could take five minutes or less to do it. But I tend to wait and wait and wait and wait. And then I find myself with a huge pile of laundry that is overwhelming, but needs to still be put away. Something needs to be done about it. And that's that kind of living, that kind of procrastination, waiting, tends to put us in places where we end up not being prepared, where we end up not being ready. It doesn't take me long to get ready in the morning usually, and sometimes to get dressed it takes me a few minutes. And so I'll wait. I'll wait until my wife is ready or wait until it's like about time. And then what happens? I end up taking a lot longer than I should have. I I end up doing something. Something comes up. Something happens. I can't find something, keys, shoes, wallet, something. And And now what should have taken a short amount of time because I didn't prepare myself, I didn't take the time I needed to to be ready, I ended up being late. You end up frustrated. You end up annoyed. You end up angry. You end up speeding and stopped by the cops. I don't know. You end up all kinds of stuff because we wait to put things out. We don't like to take effort. We don't like to put effort into being ready. And the same goes for our faith. A lot of times, it's easier to live out the Christian faith on our own terms in our own life. We don't like to be constantly doing something. You know, the Bible tells us, pray without ceasing. We're like, I mean, I don't got time to pray. So I I guess I just won't. And then we don't pray. And then we don't pray at all. And then we don't, we say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll read the Bible later and later and later. And then later never comes. And our, we're not doing the things we should be doing. We're not seeking after God. And we're not living the way we should. And we think about it and we're like, well, you know, I still have time. I'm still young. I'm still this. I'm still that. And we make excuses for ourselves as to why we put off being serious about our faith. Why we put off living out our faith. Living ready in our faith. The problem is, is that the more we put things off, the more we wait, the more we think or believe that we have time, the less ready we actually are. See, 
Jesus is telling this story and he says the bridegroom is coming when no one knows. It could be tomorrow. It could be in the next five minutes. It could be in the next thousand years. But we don't know. And so he says we need to be ready. The story has three different elements. And getting into the story a little bit, the story that Jesus is telling, we have the foolish virgins, the wise virgins, and we have the bridegroom. Now, I, I never understood this story because it doesn't make sense in the context of our modern day world. It's like, what is, what's going on? You know, but in the Jewish culture, 2,000 years ago, they had a certain way of doing wedding ceremonies. The first thing that would happen would be the engagement. Uh, a couple would decide to get married uh, or they would be arranged to be married. And so they'd celebrate that and then that would happen. And so afterwards, uh, they would have uh, what was, was like our wedding ceremony. But it still wasn't time yet. The, the marriage ceremony, the marriage tradition wasn't finished yet. It'd be like a ceremony. They'd have a ceremony. They'd, be, they'd betroth each other to that. The engagement with the first part and the second one was like an even stronger agreement. They were now ready. But now the next part is and a year later... A year later, they would have an even bigger fe- festival celebrating the marriage. But the thing about it is, is no one knew when it was going to happen. Think about it. Weddings, weddings today, everything is planned out to the dot, to the letter, when it's going to happen. There is so much stress. I know, you know, we went through that when we got married a few years ago. We had plans. Everything was planned out. We had, everything had to be ready and in order and everything. No, to, to, to them, it would be like a year later, sometime, maybe, whenever. And that's so strange to us because it's, it's not our culture, but that's what would happen. And so the thing about it is, is that the wedding party had to be ready at all times. When the time was getting close, everybody would be prepared. They'd be waiting, ready for the bridegroom to just show up and say, all right, I need, I need the, the wedding party to come. And the, the ten virgins in the story are the, the wedding party. They're the bridesmaids in the story. There's really no significance in that there's ten, that that, that was a typical number of a wedding party that they would use. But so they have, they, they, now they're prepared. They're, they're going out, they're traveling. They said, you know, the time has come. It's about a year. We don't know when he's going to show up, so we should be ready. And so they're going out. They have their lamps with them. And these, this is what we have. We have foolish ones, we have wise ones, and then we have the bridegroom. And in this story, the bridegroom represents Jesus. And Jesus is, the Bible constantly refers to Jesus and the church as, as getting married. Jesus is going to, the bride, the church is the bride of Jesus. Jesus is going to return for his bride. And so this is who Jesus is in the story. He is speaking of himself. He says, one day I'm going to come back and you've got to be ready. You have to be prepared. And so we have two groups uh, of these young women who were in the wedding party who represent two ways we can live out our lives when it comes to our faith. In Christ. One, we can be like the wise young women who carried with them oil, 
who were constantly prepared. They said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And we're getting tired. We, we're going to go on a long trip. We're trying to get to the place we need to be at. So we're going to come prepared. We're going to come with extra stuff, extra oil, so we can be ready for any eventuality. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We might run out of oil. Uh, we might have to share lamps. We might, you know, we, we're not, we don't know. But there are five others, and those represented people who live ready in our faith. They're, they're, ready to, they're ready to receive Jesus. They're constantly seeking out God. They're waking up daily and living out their faith in God. But then we have the five foolish young women. And these young women weren't ready. They didn't carry oil with them. They're like, oh, we have enough. You know, we don't even know when he's coming. So it's, it's fine. You know, I'm pretty sure we're going to be here and we're going to be ready. I've, I've done enough. And so to, to put those in context, what it means to look like, we'll talk about the foolish young women first. And they were unprepared. What, what we see here is Jesus painting a picture of those who would follow him that make their faith very shallow. Their faith is all about what can they get from it. Their faith is about what can serve me. Their faith doesn't go any deeper than that. It's not about Jesus. It's about them. They, they, they're not concerned about the bridegroom. They're not concerned about Jesus because it, that's not what's important to them. What's important to them is that people see that they have a lamp. What's important to them is that people see as they have a lamp. And there are a lot of believers who live this way. They go to church because they want people to know that because they go to church that they're good. They share Bible verses every once in a while. They, 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 they go through the motions. They look on the outside as if they should know Jesus. As if they should be ready for his return. Because that's what they call themselves. I am a Christian. I follow Jesus. But in their everyday lives, he is not important. He is not the center. See, the foolish young women represent those who would try to live out their faith just on Sundays. But they don't take it into Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. In fact, they might... Just go to church on Sunday. And some people, you know, they call them fair weather Christians. They only come to church on Christmas and Easter. And they're like, oh, I'm a Christian. I go to church. How much do you go to church? Oh, well, you know, that doesn't matter. I go. And it's not about going to church, though. It's more than that. that for them, that's all that counts. But faith is so much more than that. And the consequences of being unprepared are, are great. In the story, the bridegroom, who should have known who the bridesmaids were, says, I don't even know who you are. You're not invited to the wedding. I don't even know you. The consequences of trying to live out a shallow, self-serving faith, a faith that only serves to clean us up on the outside and not on the inside, is problematic. Because we might look good to others, but in our hearts, our hearts are not really pointed to Jesus. Our hearts are not really following Jesus. 
They're not really following Jesus. And then we have the wise young women. And they brought extra oil. And I always thought about this, this story, and I've heard, I've heard it so many times. And I was like, you know, what is this oil? Like, what, what's the point of it? Like, Jesus doesn't just tell a story for nothing, you know? He tells a story with meaning. And so as I was reading and studying for this, I was like, what is, the, what is this oil representative of? This oil has to mean something. And so I, I started thinking about it. I started, you know, at first I started trying to think, Oh, well, you know, what could it be? I started giving it a bunch of designations and meanings on my own. And I started, you know what? I can't do that because that's not what God wants for us to do. When we read the Bible, he wants us to understand. So I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what is going on here. And he says, it's me. The oil, it's, it's me. The Holy Spirit, that, that's what the oil, the oil is representative of, a, of, the, whole, of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is necessary in our lives to be able to live out our lives ready and prepared to receive Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is the thing that keeps the fire burning. The oil in the story kept the lamps going. And when you run out, you have to refill the oil. And that is the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is the one that continues to to, to push our faith on, to give us energy, to continue to follow God, to lead us, to guide us. And it, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives in order to live ready. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us and teaches us that we on our own cannot live this faith out by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. We need, we need it. And Jesus, was, Jesus shows us that. When we look at the life of Jesus, he didn't do anything without being led by the Holy Spirit. He would tell us, he says, I don't do anything by my own initiative. But I do whatever I do. Whatever I do is because the Father tells me. And the Father tells him and leads him through the power of the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of his ministry, it tells us that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of it, he was tempted by Satan. And after that, he was strengthened by angels. And then the Holy Spirit took him out. He says, not, now we're not ready. Now we're not ready yet. There's still something you need to do. And he went to go get baptized. And then in that story, we see the Holy Spirit come on him. And there are so many times where Jesus is just walking and he sees someone and he heals them. Or he does something for someone that's not even asking anything for him. Why? We can only assume that it's because the Holy Spirit was leading him. Jesus didn't do anything without the Holy Spirit leading him to do it. But it's more than just leading. The Holy Spirit is there to give us more. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he calls him the advocate, the helper. He is the one who is meant to give us strength when we don't have strength. He is the one that's supposed to give us words when we don't have words to speak. He's the one that is there for us to show us that we cannot be a witness on our own. In Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, go and you will receive power to be a witness. Because you can't be a witness on your own. Because we've tried. And we don't ever get it right. We cannot fool ourselves into thinking we are ready if we are living a life on our own strength. 
If we are trying to live out our faith simply to earn God's love by doing good things. Because last week I talked about it's necessary for us to live and work out our faith. But there's more to it than that. We need to understand that we cannot live this life on our own strength. That we cannot save ourselves. We cannot do enough to save ourselves. We cannot do enough to to earn good judgment before God. We cannot do enough. There, There is no amount of good we can do on earth that will satisfy God. Because if that were enough, if that were enough, that we wouldn't need Jesus. If that were enough, we, we wouldn't need Jesus. But the story of Christmas is about Jesus stepping into our world and showing us that all our efforts aren't enough. All our efforts, no matter what happens, it's not enough. Why? Because we always get it wrong. <laughs> And if we continue to rely solely on our own strength, then we will always get it wrong. Because then doing good becomes about how I look to people. Because then loving people turns into getting love back or receiving validation, not just because we should or because Jesus loves people. It turns into something else. It turns into something twisted. It it turns into something that it's not supposed to be. So Jesus tells us that we must rely on him, on who he is. That is what the Christmas story is about. It's about Jesus stepping into our world, stepping into the darkness and saying, Here I am. Here is the light. Rely on me. Give me your sin. Give me your brokenness. Give me all the things and all the efforts and the good effort you have tried to do on your own. And let me, let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. And Jesus did that and showed that to us while he was living on this earth by relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And this is interesting to me, because as I was looking at this verse, with the Apostle Paul, he's not talking about just alcohol. He says, don't get attached to, to anything that would tell you that it is the thing that can solve your problems. Don't let alcohol, don't let money, don't let career, don't let power, don't let love or relationships of others, don't let validation, don't let these things be the source of your life because all that will do is lead you into a place of darkness. Instead, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verses 24 to 25 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is how we live ready. Relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Relying on the strength that we don't have on our own. 
Jesus wanted to show us that. Jesus wanted to live a life that was reliant on God so that we could look at him and say, if Jesus needed God, then I think I need God too. I mean, Jesus, who was perfect, who never sinned in his life, who, who, who was probably the envy of all his brothers and sisters. I mean, imagine being brothers and sisters with Jesus. I remember a comedian one time, he was talking about, uh, he was talking about Jesus' childhood. He's like, we never get to see what Jesus was like. We get one picture of him when he was 12, and that's it. But can you imagine being, why can't, you know, James, why can't you be more like Jesus? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. The son of God is, but I'm not. And this one comedian was like, he says, this is it. What, he says, yeah. And then the one time Jesus broke something, he fixed it before it came back. Mom came back. It's like, oops, I broke the vase. Back to normal. Jesus, that perfection, the one who did everything he could to show us how to live right. He said, I can do nothing on my own. And us... We're only human. Some of us might think we're a little bit more than that. It's okay, we'll pray for you. But we're only human. We need to understand that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to, 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 to be broken. It's okay to have these weaknesses. But what we, but what we need to know is that we are not left to live and fight and struggle with those weaknesses on our own. That God has told us, I have come to give you a better way, a way that is not reliant on the law. Because that's what Jesus was born into. He says, people will tell you what to do. And that's what we get wrong. We can't be good enough, but that's what people tell us. They'll either tell us not to do something, And that's what the Pharisees of Jesus' day, they had so many don'ts. Those were the, 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 the Ten Commandments were the don'ts. And they told everybody there's another list of 613 don'ts that you don't do. But on the opposite side, there are people that can get it wrong the other way and they can tell you, it's like, oh, well, you know, don't worry about the don'ts. Just do the do's. Do the things you're supposed to. Do it right. But all of that is just the law. And the thing about it is, is that that will never be able to save us. If we rely on Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, then that is how we will be able to experience life to its fullest. Christmas is not about, Christmas is not about the presents and the gifts. All of these things that we have made Christmas about, all these things that we have made our faith about are more about what we can do right. And Jesus says, you don't have to do anything but put your trust in me. Put your trust in me. Now I'm almost done here. I'm a little short. I'm letting you out a little early today. Put your trust in me. But Jesus, you know, I've done so much wrong in my life. It's okay. I'll take that. But God, you know, I don't, 
I don't know if I'm worthy of that. I don't know if I can do this. It's okay. I've got you. My spirit will give you strength. But Jesus, but, but God, I, I don't know. Like, you, your love doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to. That's the point. It doesn't make sense. That my grace is enough. The world will tell you, the, and the church oftentimes will tell us, we get it wrong all the time, and we will tell you that it's enough. You will be enough if you just do the right things. But all that does is make us like the foolish young women in the story. It paints a nice picture. Doing the right things and avoiding the wrong things, it paints a nice picture. It does. It paints a beautiful picture. And we will look good on the outside. We can tell ourselves, well, you know, I don't do this and I don't do that because, you know, I just want to be good. I want to be good enough. And it paints a beautiful picture from the outside. Some people will commend you and I'll tell you, oh, you know, that's, that's good. That's great. Oh, you, you, know, you seem so spiritual. You, you seem to just love Jesus. But our hearts are missing the point. When we rely on what we can do, on the picture that we can paint, we miss the point. And we think we will be able to get to heaven or we will be able to get to God by our actions. But living ready to live out our faith means abandoning all that we can do and trusting in all that Jesus did. The fact that he came to this world and said, I was born human so I could take on your sin. I could take on your brokenness. I can take on your pain. And I could take it to the cross and kill it there with me. And then I would come back to give you my spirit, my love, and to let you know that I have taken care of everything. And that all you need is me. Is Jesus, not me, Jesus. Would you stand with me this afternoon? All we need is Jesus. And I think we can forget that. I think the longer we are believers, the longer we are Christians, the easier it is to forget that all we need is Jesus. Not Sunday services, not music, not any, like, not all the programs and this and that and giving and that. All we need is Jesus. All we need is Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, in your name, we come before you. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We thank you for all that you've taken and helped us with and all that you've saved us from. But today, God, if there is anything in us that is preventing us from living ready, from trusting in you, 
We put it here at the altar, God, and we put our trust in you. Let us rely on your Holy Spirit. Let us rely on the grace and love that you have given us. That we would not forget that all we need is you, Jesus. That all we need is you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.